beautiful testimony. Um, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for allowing me to speak in your life again uh, twice in the same month, right? Um, so I'm excited. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and jump into prayer. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We give you all the glory and honor. Um, Father, I just pray that you would speak through me, allow me to speak with simplicity and clarity, help me to articulate myself so that everyone in here can receive your word on good grounds. We ask that you give them ears to hear and eyes to see. We come against every satanic and diabolical assignment against the word from being fruitful. Um, we thank you. We cancel out um, every witch, warlock, every demonic, uh, satanic uh, just plan against this word that will go forth. We thank you that it will not be uh, null and void, Father. It will not come into fruition. So we just take authority over every principality, uh, every, over every scorpion and serpent, and we declare that we are victorious over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you were here with us, who was here uh, when I was here a couple weeks ago? Good. So a good majority of us. So I'm going to try to bring everybody up to speed and then we're going to segue into part two. Um, so as I t talked about a couple weeks ago, as people of purpose, people of destiny, we have to be people of transition. Um, and transition sometimes is hard because pre-transition offers the illusion of stability that post-transition doesn't seem to offer. Meaning it's a little intimidating to leave a platform that you're used to and now have faith to step into a platform that God is calling you to. And I felt like as young adults, we're all in transition. Whether that's transition to get married, whether that's transition in a job, whether that's in transition of whatever it may be, we are in transition. So we have to be people of transition. We cannot stay the same. If you look at our ecosystem, uh, I know I'm not going to say it in the order, but summer, spring, winter, fall, if it was just one season all the time, it will mess up the system of growth or the healthiness of the system that God has placed for us to benefit from. So if we stay the same, we never grow and become the healthy individuals that we're called to be. So I know transition is scary, but tell your neighbor it's something you have to do. Tell your neighbor it's something you have to do if you want God's best for your life. Um, now I'm going to introduce some more scary uh, thoughts. Um, and scary meaning it's going to require you to be challenged and changed and all that good stuff. So not only do we have to be people of transition, but check this out. In transition, we have to be people of character because character sustains us in the transition that God takes us to. God doesn't want us to get married and then get a divorce. God doesn't want us to get a job and then lose that job. God doesn't want us to have children and our children uh, serve the world. God wants us to have the character to sustain every promotion, every transition, every endeavor in your life. You guys with me? So everyone say character. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about. Character matters. Tell your neighbor character matters. Black lives matter too, but character matters as well. <laughs> And if you think about it, if people had more character, we wouldn't have to hashtag Black Lives Matter. Amen. If, if we were people of character, not people of color, not people of discrimination, but people of character, meaning we treat everyone equal because all men are created in the image of God, we wouldn't have to have all these segregation and, and, and that different type of stuff. Amen. Um, so being a people of character, I, I want to show you a scripture in 2 Chronicles 16.9. I'm going to start off a little slow, breaking down scriptures, and then we're going to lift off and shout and praise the Lord and get all happy. Amen. Um, but check this out. It says, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth. Everyone say the whole earth. So that he may support. Everyone say support. And when he's saying support with his resources whether that's financial, relational, whether that's healing, whether that's emotional, God is looking to and fro throughout the whole world. He's looking in epic life. He's looking at my church. He's looking in other cities um, to, to those whose heart is completely his. You have, and then it also after that says you have acted foolish in this, and therefore from now on you will have war, wars. The first part I want to focus on is for the eyes of the Lord more move to and fro. And when I read this, the Lord told me heaven does not have a shortage of resources. What it is is just earth has a shortage of men and women with character. 
The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. God does not have a pool of people that he says they're better than you, so I choose them. No, God chooses those who are choosable. And how you become choosable is by the character you possess, not the character you profess. Amen. So God is looking for people with godly character. Now, good character can come from upbringing, but godly character comes from kingdom values and that being mirrored into your life. So every promotion that you believe you deserve, every husband that you believe you should have, every wife that you believe you do, you, you're supposed to have, guess what? You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. God is waiting on your character to match you being able to sustain yourself in the promise he wants to give you. So wasn't the last time you asked God for something and evaluated your character to see if you can sustain that what God gives you? Because just truth be told, if God gave you a boo right now, you might stop coming to church. Uh, come on, am I telling on somebody? You know, if God gave you the person that you want, you, you might not know how to possess your body with sanctification. <laughs> So God is often working on our character before he brings the promise. It's a finished work, meaning Christ has already given you what you want. Now he's just trying to develop you to be able to handle what you want. Amen. The eyes of the Lord is going to and fro. In our generation, we want things instant. We want the platforms without the process. We want to get straight there. God has a process to develop your character. And that process starts the day you choose to start being choosable with the character you possess. Amen? Ask your neighbor, are you choosable? Just because you say, Lord, choose me, send me, I'll go, that doesn't mean he's going to choose you. No, your character speaks louder than your words. And actions is loud, right, than words, but it's not even about having good actions. It's about having good patterns. Because you, on a first date, you can have some good actions. You can open the door. You can pay and all that stuff. But, but do you have a pattern of what you're acting in? Do you have a pattern of consistent godly character? That's what's going to help you traject to the next level that God has for you. Amen? You guys with me? So check this out. Go with me to and turn my mic up just a little bit. I like it loud. Make my voice sound strong. Now I sound like a teenager. Genesis 1. I was, I was feeling myself with the loud mic. <laughs> Genesis 1, verse 27. This is interesting. Now, again, we're going we're gonna to go into some scriptures. Um, and then before I leave, I want to give you eight ways you can improve your character. Anybody interested in that? Amen. So I need you to keep in mind, heaven does not have a sh shortage of the healing you need. Heaven does not have the shortage of spouses you need. Heaven does not have a shortage of finances you need. Heaven is just looking for men and women of character and integrity that can manifest the resources that they give. Heaven is looking for stewards that can steward over the territory that God has won back from us that Adam lost for us. Amen. Everyone say stewardship. I realized that as a single, I had a certain level of character that allowed me to be a healthy single. But when I decided to want to pursue marriage, there was a whole nother level of character. See, when I was single, I can kind of hang out and go to the Starbucks with other girls. But when I got married, you can't do that stuff no more. And not that I even want to do it in Jesus' name. <laughs> My wife was like, you, don't, you better not want to do it either. Is <laughs> she confident? That's right. Oh, you, you trying to control her right now? No, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I realized that there is levels of character that God wants to process you to. And one of the current levels of character that me and my wife agreed to sustain my marriage is I'm never alone with the opposite sex. And if I am alone, I'm shooting her a text. Or I'm letting her know it's for this reason, and we are both have to be in agreement of that. Amen? Or if it's, a, if it's a girl, she feels like, hey, I'm not really comfortable in this interaction. Guess what? I had her in a group text. Because... I'm married. The Bible says houses and riches come from a father, but a prudent wife comes from the Lord. And he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So I'm not going to mess up my good thing 
for anybody. Amen. You can clap to that because I got a good thing. And y'all better not look when I say this. I got a fine thing too. Keep your eyes, keep your eyes this way. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, I'm, the Bible says, may her breasts captivate you all the days of her life. Amen. I told the Lord I didn't want nobody ugly. I'm not, I'm not trying to learn to love them. No, give me somebody that I am excited to see every day. Amen. I, I, I had somebody tell me, like, you can learn to love them as long as they have good character. I was like, hold on, they have to have good character and they got to look good. Amen. Amen. Let's not get too spiritual. <laughs> we got to be attracted to them. So Genesis 127, um, let's get there. Genesis 127, check this out. This is very important. So God created man in his own what? Image. I'm going to get to that. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. Everyone say, then God blessed them. That word blessed means empowered to prosper. But let's back up. Before God blessed them, what did he give them? Image. Everyone say image. Before God blessed them, he gave them what? Image. And that word image means resemblance. It's a representative. In other words, before God blessed them, he gave them godly character. He gave them integrity. And then it says right here, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Check this out. We can't get the dominion till we have the character. We can't be fruitful and multiply till we reflect his image. So are we going after the dominion? Are we going after the, uh, the more business ventures? Are we going after the expanded territory without the character first? Because in this world right now, we don't need any more Christians getting platforms that they fall from so that people can now say Christianity is fake. No, we need people that can get platforms and be sustained in that platform and represent Jesus properly. Amen. So God gave them character. Everyone say character. Tell your neighbor, character matters. Good looks matters too. No. <laughs> character matters. Um. Proverbs 11.3, I'm going to run through these scriptures real quick. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright will guide them. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Now, everyone say greatness. Greatness is not a product of giftedness. Greatness is a product of faithfulness to good character. I'm going to say that again. There's a lot of gifted people. Giftings is something you're born with, but character is something you choose. Amen? The faithful person will abound in blessing, not the gifted person. If you're faithful, God can endow you with gifts. But if you're gifted without character, you'll be like an Absalom, securing a kingdom that don't even belong to you. Hey, that means something was there. <laughs> Securing a kingdom that doesn't belong to you. Absalom was good looking. Absalom tried to win the hearts over, over people and, and, and try to secure people to him. He went for the kingdom, but he didn't have the character, so he died. The prodigal child, he demanded an inheritance that already belonged to him. He just didn't want to be processed to know when the right time it was for him. The prodigal child, the father gave him his inheritance, but he wasted it. See, sometimes we're going after things that the Lord knows we're not ready for. And then sometimes God will only, he will give it to you just to show you that you never needed it in that time. How many friendships we messed up that could have been potential spouses because we thought we were ready at that time? Oh, is it on this side? I'm talking to somebody over here. I think it's in this section right here. I'll just play. <laughs> so... We can't be like Absalom. We have to be like David with our character. Now, pre-Bathsheba pre David and Jesus. <laughs> David wouldn't even cut the skirt of Saul because he knew that it lacked integrity to do so. When Saul was throwing javelins at David, David still didn't respond with negative character. And God had anointed David to be king at a teenager, and he didn't even step into his kingship until he was 33. Some of you guys, God has anointed you to do something, and it's not that God is not going to fulfill that promise. He's just sending you through a process to be ready to handle that promise. Amen? 
He's sending you through an epic life. He's sending you through a fierce love. He's sending you through these small groups because God has to get your character ready for whatever it is he's about to have for you. And I truly believe that there's a shift in the body of Christ. Mantles are being placed upon young people, young adults, and we got to be ready for the shift and being choosable, not saying we are ready, but being choosable by our character being ready. The anointing will always find good character. David was a sheep herder. David killed lions and bears before he tried to go after a Goliath. Many of us are trying to conquer Goliaths and don't even have the character to kill lions and bears. No, we have to be people of character. It's, we, we, the Bible says don't let your good be evil spoken of. Live blameless so that people don't have nothing negative to say about you. We have to live above reproach. Tell your neighbor you got to live above reproach. Now, I'm not saying that you got to be perfect, but I am saying you got to strive for perfection. Be perfect in Christ. Be perfect in the grace that God has given you to be perfected in him. That's what it means to be perfect. It means there's a grace to be perfected in Jesus. There's a grace for you to take off the old and put on the new in Jesus' name. Proverbs 10 and 9 says, he who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. Proverbs 19.1 out the Message Bible says, better to be poor and honest than a rich person no one can trust. Oh, my gosh. That hurts right there. Better to be poor and honest than rich and you can't be trusted. Riches is cool, but names is, a good name is better. See, we operate in a different kingdom that has different set of rules. We got to die to live. We got to be humbled to be exalted. We got to be a servant to be a leader. We got to be a follower to be great. I think I've mixed those up a little bit. But we have to give to receive, and we have to work on our character to get promises. Every vision needs principles. Every destiny needs uh, discipline. And every promise needs character. Amen? You guys with me? If it hurt, just say ouch. Go with me to Romans 5. Romans 5. Now, I want to talk about how to measure character. Tell your neighbor, how do you measure character? We're going to talk about it. And then I want to talk about the test that comes before character, before the character passing test or whatever. Romans 5 and 3. Check this out. I'm reading out the Amplify. It says, and, and not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings. Anybody in a, in, a, in a season of suffering? And you know what suffering means? It just means you're resisting the flesh and its temptations. That's what suffering means, meaning you have some desires that are of the flesh that you're resisting, and it's causing some suffering because the desires that you're resisting are conflicting with the desires of the spirit. The two are contrary to one another. Amen. And it says right here, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. Uh-oh. Meaning I don't run away from the problem. I run to the problem. The safest place in God is on the battlefield. That's why he gave you an armor to face it. Notice there's no armor in the back of us. We're not running from our battles. We're facing our battles. I believe Bill Johnson said, if you avoid the battles that you're born for, you face battles that you're not equipped for. There's battles that we are born to face, and the biggest battle that we need to face is the battle of ourself, our character, our integrity. That's a full-time job. I know that because I was a person of poor character. I've been to prison. I used to be a womanizer. I used to steal from my parents. I was that child that my mom called Lucifer a couple times. She was like, I think that's why we named you Damien. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, like, there was, my parents, it, it was no hope. It was like, he's lost. He's the one that will never make it back. That is our lost child. Amen. But the thing about it is, once I got broken enough, then the Lord was able to work on me to put the right character or work with me to, for me to uh, receive that character. Amen. So I'm, I'm not here preaching from a place of perfection. I'm preaching from a place of brokenness. I almost spent 15 years of my life in prison if it wasn't for the Lord. 
I almost died on several occasions being shot at. All different because I, I lacked integrity and character. Now, your situation may not be as dire as mine, but you might have had poor integrity by having sex unprotected. Or excuse me, not sex unprotected, but sex in general in Jesus' name. <laughs> you, you, you don't know how the Lord has been showing you mercy and grace. And just because you got away with it doesn't mean that you're not going to keep getting away with it. No, you got to start working on your character. Those areas that the Lord is highlighting in your life, the the way that we don't keep our word sometimes, being late sometimes, we got to start working on that. Because it's, it's in those little areas that if you can conquer, then God can trust you in those bigger areas. Amen. And it says right here, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, Trouble produces patient endurance, and endurance proven character. How do we develop in healthy character? It's through adversity. Tell your neighbor it's through adversity. It's through pressure. The Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your faith was small. Meaning God uses pressure. He uses temptation. He uses betrayal. He uses hardship. And the way you respond will determine if your character is being developed. How many of you guys got betrayed before? Raise your hand. You ever been betrayed? Well, that was an opportunity to develop character by the way you responded in that betrayal. Are we still allowing people, are we still walking in love like Jesus did to Judas? Are we cutting off ears like Peter did in the Garden of Gethsemane? When people betray us. Now, we can't be cutting off ears. We got to respond with love. These are the tests that God allows. It's not that he permitted. It's because of sin that these things are permitted. But it's because of his grace that we can respond differently. Amen. And it says right here, proving character, spiritual maturity, um, and proving character and hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Now, so in order for us to gauge where your character is, it's going to be gauged in pressure. I don't care how you act when things are going your way. How do you act when things are not going your way? I don't care if you tithe when you got a full bank account, but do you tithe when that's all you got? I don't, I don't care if you, if you walk in love when everything is going right, but how do you walk in love when everything is going wrong? It's in that the Lord is developing you for the promise or the promotion that he has for you. So you don't want to miss these character-appointed tests. Tell your neighbor, don't miss the character tests. Or don't fail it, excuse me. Don't, tell your neighbor, don't fail the character tests and don't miss the character appointment. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Stacy helped you out on that. So as a person of character, we're typically going to be tested in three areas. Everyone say three areas. Number one is in money. Money. Ask your neighbor, how well do you steward your money? Why is money a character test? Because the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And if he can't trust you with natural riches, how can he trust you with spiritual riches? If he can't trust you with the currency of earth, how can he trust you with the currency of heaven? Amen? The second area is power. How do you handle power? Are you abusive in your power? Or check this out. This is poor character or stewardship when you get an opportunity to step in power and you deflect it. You don't want it because of shame and guilt. Do you run from opportunities to be powerful? That's just as a reflection of poor character as someone who abuses power. Amen? Number three, the next one, sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about, see, I can sing that. Y'all, if you're single, you can't sing that. <laughs> sex is good. Amen. Um, it's good when you're married, in Jesus' name. When you get married, you can say stuff like this. When we go home, we're going to go have some. (laughs) Um, Sex. How do you handle sex? Sex is a good thing when you have a license, but sex is a perverted thing when you don't have a license. We want a license for everything. We want a license to drive. We want a license for guns. We want a license to go fishing, or we get those licenses. But when it comes to marriage, we don't want the license. No. How do you 
handle sex? How do you handle your lust, your temptations? Money, power, and sex are ultimately not all the way absolutely, but these are the main things that can reveal where your character is or how you handle relationships in general. Are you a user? Are you abuser? Are you, I mean, whatever. But these things can gauge how you handle the character test. Amen? You guys with me? So I want to talk about a few ways you can improve your character. Number one, everyone say number one. You have to be born again. Because without being born again, you don't see the limitless resources that God has for you. Prayer, faith, community, worship, all these different things that infuses you with the power to overcome the things that you used to give into. Amen? See, without, without being born again, you can have good character, but you won't have godly character. See, good character may mean I, I may date you until, and I may be a gentleman, but godly character is I won't even date you if I don't see you as a potential wife. See, when, when I was in the world, I had... I ain't going to lie. I didn't have good character. But some people had good character. They'll be a gentleman. They'll tell you, look, you can talk to me, but I'm not interested in a relationship. At least I was honest. That, that, that may be good character to the world standards, but good character to God's standards is I won't even pursue you unless I see you as a potential spouse. See, only a born-again person can understand that. I tell young ladies all the time, I don't care if you got good character, but do we got godly character? Because there's going to be temptations that good character can't resist. There's going to be temptations that only godly character can resist. So you can't resist things that only a godly character can resist until you become born again. Amen? Without being born again, you can't even see God's kingdom. Number two, you have to meditate on this word daily. See, I, I got a lot of my good character in prison when I was in there for a year because all I could do is just read the word. <laughs> all I did was read the word. All I did was apply the word. And it really wasn't no temptations because I wasn't interested in the men in there. <laughs> so I was able to build my spiritual man up. But check this out. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. So my mind, my will, and my emotion, spirit is that part of me that's connected to God. So what's in my mind, what's in my emotions, what's in my choices, if it doesn't line up with the word, I can separate that. I can sift it. Amen. My thinker, my filler, and chooser, the word shows me where those three things are inconsistent with his word. Without the word, I don't know if I'm thinking wrong. Without the word, I don't know if I'm choosing wrong. Without the word, I don't know if I'm feeling wrong. So the word of God has the ability to cut in the right thoughts, the right feelings, the right choice, and cut out the wrong thoughts, the wrong feelings, the wrong choice. So if you're not meditating on the word daily, you got some godly thoughts, some godly feelings, some godly choices, but you also got some secular thoughts, some secular feelings, and some secular choices. And whatever you feed the most, that's what's going to live in your house. How well you eat will determine how well you behave. Are you eating on the word? Are you eating on what you want? No, this word is powerful. This word is powerful to change you from whatever character flaw you have. It can sift through all those character flaws. Amen? Everyone say meditate on the word daily. No, you can't afford not to meditate on the word. You can't, the Bible told the children of Israel as a symbolicness of why we need him. He says, don't store up manna for tomorrow, only take enough for today. Meaning, we need to live on his word daily. We can't live off of yesterday's word. We can't live off last week's word. We need a fresh word from God daily. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That word, word, is rhema word. So faith comes by not hearing a past tense word. Faith, faith comes by hearing a present tense word, which comes from an, what am I trying to say? A relationship with Jesus. Come on, y'all with me? Number three, we need to partner with the Holy Spirit. He is the most important person on this world. The Holy Spirit. The Holy, check this out. The Holy Spirit is just not power because you can't grieve power. 
The Holy Spirit is a divine personality. If we reduce him to just a power, then we miss sight that he has emotions. He has a will. He, he has a leading and a prompting that will help you curb those character flaws. The Holy Spirit is our senior partner. The Holy Spirit is the, the, the dunamis power that Jesus has left for us so that we can live out being sexually free into marriage. The Holy Spirit is here so that we can walk in financial integrity and not lie on our taxes, claiming childs and children that don't belong to us. Hey, let me borrow your kid. I'll, I'll shoot you 500. <laughs> I'll shoot you some money. I've been there. Now, me, me and my wife, we don't lie on taxes. We try to walk in the most upright integrity that we can because I've been on the other side of not having it. And just to be completely honest, it seemed because I had a praying mom and I knew, right, I was the first one to get caught. Like the other people would be getting away with it, right? And then I realized that the Bible says he chastised those who he loves. He corrects the course of those who he loves. So it wasn't that I was getting caught. He was just correcting my course. Amen. So Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. So partnering with the Holy Spirit is this divine nature that reproduces the character of Christ on the inside of us. So without the Holy Spirit, there is no reproducing of Christ's image in us. There is no reproducing of godly character. So we need the Holy Spirit. Every day you wake up, you should say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Every day you, you walk, Holy Spirit, be with me, talk to me, lead me, guide me. Jesus didn't speak, he didn't say, he didn't do anything unless the Father or the Spirit led him to do it. We have to take what Jesus did and got him results and do the same thing. Number four, I'm almost done, I got a couple more. Make sure your private and public life are consistent with each other. We're talking about ways to improve our character. If you are afraid of something you did privately to be exposed publicly, then you shouldn't be doing it. I'm going to say that again. If you are afraid to be exposed about something you did privately, it might be exposed publicly, you shouldn't do it. As leaders, my pastor always tells me, son, you are a leader and the Lord is using you. There is no such thing of a private life now. Meaning, you know, let's not get deep on it. I have my private life that I spend with my my wife and my kids, but what he means is your life is, it's open to the world. It's, you, there, there is no secret sins that you can keep that won't affect the people that follow you. And if, check this out, if we're not yet on a platform that we're aspiring to, but yet we cultivate the character to get there, eventually we'll get the platforms. Amen? So make sure your private and public life are consistent with each other. That's, that's key. And matter of fact, if my private life and my public life wasn't consistent, Stacy would tell all of y'all. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> she, she had, our first year of marriage, she, she sure did tell my pastor about me. <laughs> we, 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 we ran into some turbulence. I tell all the married men, you know, there's, there's three ships. There's the battleship, there's the cruise ship, and there's the courtship. Stay on that cruise ship, fellas. I got on that battleship, and it was almost hard to get off of it. Amen. Um, so, it, you know, it, it, when you have a private and public life and they're consistent, you got people who can hold you accountable. You got people who can speak into your life. You know, I, I'm, I, you know, I always watch people who don't want people to speak into their life. People who are isolated and don't want to be accountable, I, I can't trust you in leadership. No, you got to be accountable. Like, that, that doesn't work. You, 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 you got to be accountable. Every joint supply of another. Meaning that there's things that you are blinded to that community can show you. So if you want to be isolated, free from correction, free from people speaking in your life, you're not ready for God to promote you. Because an isolated man seeks his own desires. Or an isolated person, woman, whatever, seeks their own desires. But when it's about the kingdom, I, I may not like accountability. I may not like to be corrected. But the Bible says when you correct a wise man, he'll become wiser. When you correct a foolish man, you know, he just stays foolish. He, he responds out of foolishness and all that stuff. Are you choosable? Are you able to be correctable? Are you teachable? Is correctable a word? <laughs> it is today. So you have to find cracks in your character. Now, check this out. Some of us may not 
be walking in total bad character, but let's just say for, for sake of illustration, this line right here, this invisible line, this is the point where we cross over and have bad character. Most of us are like this. Like our toe is right there on the edge. And, and the dangerous part about that is the closer you get to the edge, the easier you'll be a lord to go over it. But the further you're away from it, the more you set boundaries to not even get to the edge, the, the, the better off you will not probably give in to that. Amen? Some of us, we might be flirting with that edge. It's time to get your foot off that edge. And it's time to get in some boundaries. It's time to get in some accountability. Amen? If you find yourself getting close to that edge, tell community. Tell somebody. It's better to get a little embarrassment and be brought back into a sober mind than to not tell anyone and be publicly embarrassed for something you could have just only got a little embarrassed on. So, number five, discover what next level character looks like. What does next level character look like? For your job, what does next level character look like? For your relationship, what does next level character look like? You can't take last season's character into this new season transition. We are all in transition. Transition requires a new level of character. Amen? So you have to make sure. And in, in order to discover what next, character look, uh, next level character looks like, you have to kick it and hang out with people who have next level character. I pursue people who have next level character. I pursue those who I feel have something on their life that I want to possess. Because I need to see what that looks like. I need to see what 30 years of marriage look like. I need to see what having a, a bank account that I don't have to balance with checks looks like. I need to see what debt-free living looks like. I need to see what a healthy relationship look like. And the best way to do that is in community. The best way to do that is in being teachable. The best way to do that is in pursuing people who have that next level character. When was the last time you pursued someone that has a character on a higher level than you? See, if you're prideful, if, you, if you're not willing to be humble, you'll be missing out on opportunities of people the Lord is sending in your community to help you get to the next level. Because you don't like the way they dress. Or you don't like the way they looked at you. Or you don't like the fact that they like somebody you like. <laughs> so, here it is. I said it before. Talent is a gift. But character is a choice. You know what? You can't necessarily pray for more character. You have to choose more character. No, when you got born again, Christ gave you all the character that you need because you have the spirit of God living in you. Now you have to choose character. You got to get that. You can't just say, Lord, give me more character. No. All right. Here it is. When you say, Lord, give me more character, what is he going to do? He's going to put you in an opportunity where you have to choose character. And then you'll have it. Amen. You have to choose character. So important. Not what your feelings feel like telling you. No, every time, uh, I, there's a book that I encourage everyone to read. It's by Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a Christian neurologist. And she says every time we make choices to do things we should do, our brain is now reconnecting and re-being renewed in a way to where that is now in our DNA. Every time I choose purity, it becomes a part of my DNA. Every time I choose worship, every time I choose doing the right thing, every time I choose the right word, every time I choose to not be in an abusive situation, that now becomes in my DNA because I chose it. Amen. Your chooser is way more powerful than your filler. The free will aspect that God has given us is way more powerful than the emotional aspect that God has given us. You can choose your way into doing what you don't feel like doing. It's much better to faith your way into emotion than try to feel your way through an action. It's much better to faith your way into an emotion than try to feel your way into an action. Now, some things you got to do by faith. Sometimes you got to love by faith. Sometimes you just got to just, just do what you don't want to do, but do it by faith. And don't wait till you feel like it. Declare yourself ready. Declare it over yourself. God has given you power in your words. Declare yourself faithful. Declare yourself to be on time. Declare yourself promotable. Declare it. Tell your neighbor, declare it. I'm almost done. Number seven, um, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Leaf, she is a neurologist who studies the brain from a Christian perspective. One of the best books that I've read this year. It's a really phenomenal book. Number seven, 
you have to stay resilient at abiding. Check this out. John 15. John 15. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Check this out. Good character requires you to be resilient at abiding in Jesus. Oh, my gosh. If you, if you, if you messed up, you got to go back and abide. You got to understand, this is how my character got developed. I would sin and I'd go back to abiding. I'll, I'll smoke weed and knew I wasn't supposed to and I'll go back to abiding. I'll have sex and be in this struggle of, Lord, help me, but I'll go back to abiding. One thing I never gave up was abiding. Even in the wrong decisions, I always went back to abiding. Because in the abiding, I'm getting infused with power to at some point not give in to this situation. But if you stop abiding, then you'll stop having the power to overcome this. You got to be resilient at abiding. Resilient, meaning you do not stop abiding. Come hell or high water, come shame or guilt or condemnation, no matter what I feel, at the end of the day and at the beginning of the morning, I'm going to abide in Jesus. I'm going to abide, abide. In this particular chapter, the word abide was mentioned nine times, maybe even more, because the author of this particular passage was trying to get it across to us that we must abide in him to produce anything. And if you want to produce godly character, it comes from abiding. Not good character, which comes from upbringing, but godly character, which comes from kingdom manifestation. No, we got to abide. Tell your neighbor, you got to abide. I don't care if you stay the night at somebody's house last night. Come back in Jesus and abide. I don't care if you drank yesterday. I care, but not to the degree that you need to let that keep you in that place. No, you got to keep abiding. Whatever you did yesterday, whatever you did last week, do not let that stop you from abiding. Because Jesus is not good to us because we're good. Jesus is good to us because he's good. He took the penalty of shame, guilt, and condemnation, and he now allowed us to be the righteousness of Christ. So now I abide with a righteous mindset and not a sin consciousness. I don't abide about what I did last night. No, see, God convicts the sinner of sin, but he convicts the, 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 the person that's saved of righteousness. When he convicts us, he's not saying, you, whoa, you, you messed up. No, what he's saying is, come higher. You're greater than that. That's not you. Stop standing out at that person's house. Stop drinking. Stop giving into that lust. Come back and abide in me because it's in the abiding that you get the power. Amen? Somebody say abide. I want to close out on this scripture. Go with me to 2 Peter 1. And I don't know if we're going to, can we call the worship team up, Pastor Eric? House music, if we can play some house music, please. 2 Peter 1. This was extremely interesting when I read this passage. 2 Peter 1, starting at verse 3. Tell your neighbor, say, just keep abiding. That's where the power... And the infusing of the Holy Spirit working things out for you is there. It says, as his divine power, check this out, has given to us all things. Did it say some things? Did it say a few things? All things that pertain to life, meaning what we need naturally, and godliness, what we need on a character level. God says he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And check this out, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. That word virtue is moral excellence. God has called you to moral excellence. He's called you to glory. Glory is to, uh, to manifest the excellent things of God, to manifest his word. So God is saying, I called you to manifest my word and I called you to live in moral excellence. And God will never call you to, to something that you couldn't do on your own. He, he called you to it to the degree that in him you can do it. And it says right here, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. So God is saying, I've given you guys promises, but this is the part that I want to show you, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Somebody say the divine nature, the godly character. God is saying, I've given you promises, but you get these promises when you partake in the divine nature. All the promises of God are yes and amen, but they're yes and amen with the character to, uh, to sustain that. Amen? And it says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Next verse. Bam. Y'all like that. 
But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. Virtue, self-control. These are character temperaments. Perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. Next verse. For if, everyone say if. Big if, tell your neighbor, if. For if these things are yours and abound in your life, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to the blindness and has forgotten that he is cleansed from his own sins. God is saying when you walk in godly character, moral excellence, you will never be bearing in anything in your life. You will always be fruitful. You will always have fruit that will remain in your life. But when we lack the character, then we lack the opportunity to get to the platforms that we're praying for. God has platforms for people in here. God has businesses that he's birthing in here. God has spouses for us. God has amazing things. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power of God that worketh in us, according to the godly nature, according to the godly character that worketh in us. He can provide all these things. Oh, man, I felt God on that. Go ahead and cut that up a little bit. Oh, man, <laughs> I, got, I got worked up a little bit because I'm preaching something that I had to live myself. It took me having felonies in my life, me almost destroying my life because of God, a, godly, uh, a lack of godly character. When I finally got a hold of this, I actually read this scripture in prison, and I was mad at myself because I said everything that I pursued out there, and now that I'm in here, I could have had if I just did it his way. The Bible says don't envy the sinner. Don't envy the wicked people. Sometimes we're envying those that appear as if they have it all together, but their character is not together. And you just got to keep watching that story play out. I'm telling you, God can restore what the canker worm and the locust has eaten up in your life if you restore the character back into your life. God can bring the platforms, the opportunities, the relationships back if you will make a commitment and a decision today to go after godly character. Not just go after godly character, but pray for a passion for godly character. Amen? So I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for those in here. Stand up to our feet. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you if character has been a problem for you. Again, I'm not praying God gives you more character. I want to pray that the Lord will infuse you with the revelation concerning character. Or if you've made some bad decisions and you feel like you can't recuperate or recover from these bad decisions, or you've been in this wilderness place. You know, the children of Israel being in the wilderness for 40 years, that was a character problem. Because they kept going back and worshiping false idols. They kept not trusting God. These were character issues, meaning God had a platform for them that only took 11 days, but they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years because they had bad character. How many of us are in wilderness seasons because our character is keeping us there? God is not keeping you there. God doesn't want you in the wilderness. God's called you to the promised land, but it's your character that's going to help you possess the promised land. So I want to pray for you. If that's you, you feel like you've been in a wilderness. You want to make a commitment to godly character. You feel like you've sabotaged. That's another thing I want to pray for, a self-sabotaging spirit. If you do not deal with the sabotaging spirit, those, uh, those word curses spoken over your life, you'll get to platforms and won't keep it because you don't think you deserve it. I break that spirit in the name of Jesus. You don't deserve it because you're good. You deserve it because Christ purchased it for you. If that's you, you find yourself sabotaging your platforms. You know better. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand up if you testify to that. I want to pray for you. If you feel like you have been in wilderness too long and you're ready to come out, I want to pray for you. Guess what? I want to pray that the Lord brings you another opportunity for you to act with good character because I know he'll do it for you. God, you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. And if that's anybody in here, I just want you to lift your hands up. 
I believe it's a little bit more of us. Raise your hand up. Don't be afraid. The Bible says if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my heavenly Father. Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding on your behalf. No, God, don't allow that consequence to hit them. I'm going to give them another chance to operate in good character. No, Lord, don't allow that to come their way. No, God, Psalms 91 over their lives. Jesus is interceding. He has good character. He's trying to impart good character into you. He wants to infuse you within character to keep you where God wants to take you in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, just come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come up to the, come up to the stage. <laughs> just lift your hands up. Part of having good character is not hiding. It's being vulnerable. You can keep playing the music a little louder, please. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being open. It's, it's about allowing other people to speak into your life. And if there's anybody else out here, I want you to come on up. I want to pray for you. I had a self-sabotaging spirit on my life. I was picked on. I was teased. I felt like I had to prove that I was black because I grew up in an all-black community. So anytime something good happened to me, I was sabotaging because I didn't think I deserved it. Because in the culture I was brought up, I was less than who I was because I was lighter than everybody else. No, I had to break that off of my life so that I can receive all that God has for me in my life. Are you tired of sabotaging your life? Are you tired of living in low Debar? Mephibosheth was a person called to royalty. He was a king's kid, but he lived in the outer palace because he didn't feel like he deserved it. Shame kept him from that royal place. If that's you, just come on up. I promise I'm for you. I don't want anything for you, from you. I just want to pray for you. Epic life is for you. Epic life just wants to see you prosper in the things of God. Just lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, as every hand is lifted, confessing with this open acknowledgement that they don't want to be in the wilderness no more. They no longer want to sabotage their platforms. They don't no longer sabotage your relationships and businesses and whatever endeavor you have for them, Lord. Also pray for those individuals that are stuck in shame. We break the spirit of shame, guilt, and condemnation off their life. We impart righteousness right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would infuse them with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. That the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened that they would know the hope that is in their calling. God, give them more opportunities to choose character. Repeat this after me. Say, God, I repent for sabotaging, living in shame, staying in the wilderness longer than what you have for me to. I declare that I'm free from those things. Today, I choose moral excellence self-control, godly character. Give me the opportunity to walk in the platforms that you have for me. And if you believe that, just say in Jesus' name, amen.